Dr. Blair's presentation discussed the impacts of climate change and the implications for agriculture. He kicked things off with a review of climate change around the world. First of all, a global update, if you don't mind. As you probably all know, the globe is getting warmer and continues to get warmer. Uh, uh, 2021 turned out to be one point, about 1.1 degrees warmer than pre-industrial. And by pre-industrial, I mean the latter part of the 18, 1900s and early part of the 1900s. That's our reference period for this. And what we see is that indeed 2021 uh, in, in, uh, continued the trend of really warm temperatures. Uh, we've had some warmer t- years in uh, the years preceding 2021. 2021 was tied for sixth warmest, uh, tied with 2018, as it turns out. It's the, it's the trend, of course, that is the important thing. Individual years are going to go up and down for a lot of reasons, some of which we're going to discuss here in a few seconds. Um, most importantly, the, the, wiggle, the wiggle in the global temperature that we see there, uh, much of that is related to El Nino and La Nina. We are decidedly in a La Nina situation and we're experiencing what is typical of La Ninas and that is uh, relatively cool winters in Western Canada. Another way that the global temperature flickers, if you will, that it just doesn't go warmer and warmer and warmer under the influence of uh, greenhouse gases is uh, volcanoes. Volcanoes have the ability to put up a lot of material into the upper atmosphere that can block out uh, sunlight temporarily. And as you might know, we recently had a big uh, volcano in uh, the South Pacific, uh, the uh, Tongan eruption. And um, as you might have heard in the news, it sent shockwaves around the world. But this particular volcano, as explosive as it was, it's very unlikely to cool the climate for a couple of years like Mount Pinatubo and other large eruptions did. There just wasn't enough sulfur dioxide put into the atmosphere. It didn't erupt as long as Mount Pinatubo. And therefore, um, climatologists are, uh, are pretty convinced that the Tongan eruption is not going to cause a little bit of cooling for a couple of years, which would have been a good thing from my point of view, because we're going to get warmer uh, um, as we go forward in time. And here's the La Nina signal. This is a map of sea surface temperature uh, anomalies, how colder or warmer than normal the sea surface temperatures are. And that's a classic signal these cold temperatures in the Pacific here are classic signals for a La Nina. And that's going to stick around until the spring. And then maybe we'll transition next year into a El Nino situation, which will make the world a little bit warmer than normal. Um, but it, whether El Nino is present or La Nina is present or whether uh, volcanic eruptions are occurring, we're going to get warmer because of, of course, because of carbon dioxide. We're adding a very large amount of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and continue to do so, and will continue to do, do so for a long time, even despite our, uh, our uh, important efforts these days. In 2020, the average amount of car- carbon dioxide in the atmosphere was 416 parts per million. Notice that the pandemic lockdown does not show up in this graph of carbon dioxide concentrations. Yes, the world's industry shut down for a little while there um, and carbon dioxide emissions were reduced, but it really didn't have any impact upon the global carbon uh, concentration, carbon dioxide concentration. So uh, that's a bit unfortunate, but uh, that's the way it is. And so carbon dioxide has increased enormously since 1958 uh, when we first started to measure it very, very accurately. And it's going to continue. And the question, as you might know, is how high is it going to go and how rapidly? 
And that's uh, pretty much what is going to determine our climate of the future, including our ag climate. Um, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, last summer released its latest uh, volume of information about what we know and what we don't know about climate change. And it's clear, it's so, so clear that the rate of warming that we're seeing now in the world is um, unprecedented in at, least, in at least the last 2,000 years. And paleoclimate evidence from ice cores and other kinds of evidence that we dig out of the ground in the bottom of the ocean and tree rings and so forth, paleoclimate evidence indicates the world has not been this warm for at least 100,000 years. That is, you have to go back 100,000 years to see the world as warm as it is right now. And if we continue to go beyond 1.1, if we go past 1.5 and, and 2 and go all the way up to 2.5, let's sure hope we don't go that way, the world will be uh, as warmer than it's been in 3 million years. The rate of temperature change, the level of temperature change that we're experiencing in the globe is just uh, remarkable and unfortunate from, from my point of view. And indeed, if we look back at the ice ages of the last 800,000 years, here is where the world was um, was warmest 100,000 years ago. And th this graph is showing the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And so over the last million years or so, carbon dioxide never went up about 280 parts per million. We're way up here. And we just have to conclude, and indeed science does conclude, that uh, we're going to get warmer. We're going to see some really significant changes again as we go beyond 416 parts per million to whatever it is going to be in the, in the coming decades. And the climate models tell us that the temperatures that we're going to see across the world are really largely dependent upon the amount of carbon dioxide that we put in the atmosphere. This is a graph of temperature rel relative to what it was in 1850 to 1900. And this 8.5 scenario here shows that if we, by the end of this century, 2100, we may be almost five degrees warmer than it was uh, recently. And if we follow a lower carbon solution, the world will maybe warm up only you know, two and a half degrees or something like that, which is much better than five degrees because that amount of temperature change in that amount of time will pr produce remarkable changes to our world. There will be some benefit, but there is an enormous amount of risk as well. The amount of temperature change that we are going to experience in North America is uh, greater as the world gets warmer, not surprisingly. From a precipitation point of view, the warmer the world gets, the more the precipitation patterns get energized, if you will, or, or perturbed. But there's, a, as you as ag people know, there's a lot of uncertainty with precipitation um, uh, forecasts and precipitation projections from a climate point of view. But the, the more the world warms up, the more the precipitation patterns are exacerbated. The, in general, the wetter places get wetter and the drier places get drier um, in a way. Stay tuned to tomorrow's Prairie Ag Wire, where Dr. Blair will offer a review of climate change in Canada and Manitoba and what that means for the agriculture sector. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Agwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.